It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners right here at Corhorn Financial Group. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Well, what's the right age to start talking to your kids about money? You ever give any thought to that? Do you, do you wait until they have their first job? Do you wait until they're in college or high I, school? I think about them having jobs a lot. I, do. <laughs> I, don't, I probably spend more time than I should thinking about when are these guys going to start Get working. Get off the payroll a little bit here. Well, not just when, but then how. How do you do it effectively? That's what we're talking about on today's show. That and more coming up here. We're getting a lot of questions, a lot about taxes as well. And then, you know, the world of finance is just volatile. It's VUCA. So reach out to us. We'd love to help. And then if you have questions, you can send up, send them to us as well. So online, wisemoneyshow.com, you'll find us there. You can also call or text in a question, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. And then most engagement comes on social media, whatever platform you're at, we're there as well. We're not on Reddit. So that's a different topic for a different day but we are uh so 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 social media facebook youtube lots of questions come on youtube so wherever you're at just search wise money show follow us there look like you got something to say kevin well just, just this excited is, yeah i am pumped but All right. in the spirit of being a jargon free zone when you throw around words like vuca volatile uncertain Complex. Complex and ambiguous. Yes. The world is getting more that way, and hopefully the Wise Money Show can be a beacon of light or some way for you to make sense in a VUCA world. Speaking of making sense, when you have the talk with your kids, you know the talk, you know, you're it's just awkward and you're nervous, and you know, you don't want to have the talk. They don't want to have the talk. Palms are sweaty. But if you don't tell them, if you don't talk Mom's to them, spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> exactly where my mind is. Uh, if you don't have this talk with your kids, they're gonna figure it out themselves, or someone else will have to have the talk with them. Yeah, you know the talk about finances. Yes, the talk yeah. about finances. Yep. How do you? This is. <coughs> Excuse me. Thanks for the. Co- <laughs> I'm glad the cough button's working today. No, I. When I think about this, my, my I and I want. To, to this to be a positive, uplifting, encouraging uh, conversation today. But the th- my mind goes immediately to what not to do. So I would say if you're if you're saying what to, we're going to talk about what to do, but I'll just tell you what not to do. As an adult, you have certain pressures of life and finances and other things. Whatever you do when talking to your children, do not put your pressures onto your children. Hmm. And I've observed um, from personal experience, not in my own family, but I have observed this, I've had a front row seat to this, where parents talk to children about money. And the only thing that really happened was there was there was a, a almost, not even a transfer, but a sharing of burden and responsibility onto children 
who could do absolutely nothing about it. Except worry. Mm. Except be worried and distressed and concerned. So um, this is is easy. It's easier than you might think to get it wrong. So I'm going to encourage you to, to... go into this conversation but but there there it is possible to um go in the ditch i'm glad you started there though because you know if if we've learned anything about this generation that's growing up right now so so current parents your children have maybe not yet left your house maybe they just recently left your house they're off to college or something this generation struggles with worry and anxiety and stress more than any other generation. And I tell you, there's plenty of Americans that would attest to money being one of their biggest sources of worry and, and concern. And so I love that you're saying don't put that on your kids, but do the opposite, right? right. How, how do you make sure that you give them great coping skills, great decision-making skills, so that when they leave your house— they, you know, this this is a familiar um, landscape for them. You yeah. know, they're, they're not entering into a world of money decisions that they've never really seen or heard about before. And it's not something they have to fear or, or you know, be concerned about. So we're talking about having the money talk. This is a, this is a two-part, this is the second segment of, of a two-part series on talking with uh, amongst your family about money. The first one that if you missed it, catch it on podcast or YouTube. It was last week, and it was about talking to your um, adult children as you're getting older, as you're as you're aging about your finances. But now we're talking about how do you prepare your young children? How do you talk to them about money? So when when why is it important, and when should you start? Well, it's it's critical because if. If there was an ever, if there was ever an area of their life, um, you know, their future adult life, where you need to send them out of your home having great skills, having great values, and having great habits, it is in the area of money. And where else are they going to pick those things up? I mean, you know, we were talking about this generation and what makes them different. They are filtering their entire lives through social media mm. right now, and you know that that is. Boy, you, you talk about a filter that skews everything um, and, and maybe sends the wrong message, maybe helps them uh, come up with the wrong values and certainly, you know, the wrong skills. And, and you know what else? I, on, uh, regarding money, there's this emerging trend within TikTok. You, you won't find wise money on TikTok, not yet, until Lindsay <laughs> forces us to go there. Uh, but you'll see some teenagers or some young adults talking about how they're borrowing money on margin and buying stock. I saw one, I'm not kidding, it looked like a, a train wreck in slow motion of a young kid, couldn't have been more than 22, in his Robinhood account that had, I think, $10,000 in it. He turned on margin while wow. he while he was recording himself. Turned on margin, and they were they allowed him to borrow a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So he went to start investing, and then he changes it and says, "Oh, well, guys, I wasn't able to borrow the full hundred thousand. I was only able to get seventy five thousand. But I bought some calls on Tesla. Let's see how it goes. Oh my! I'm not kidding. I'm wow. not kidding. And so it looked cool and hip and whatever. But I mean. I just used the word hip. See, I'm aging myself. But I mean, <laughs> this is the thing. Social media is influencing these kids and it can have a 
financial or money influence as well, you got to get out in front of it. So they're on social media at 10. Are you saying that you should have the financial talk or start talking about finances at 10? Or should it be 15 or what? Five? I, I think <laughs> it should start as soon as they can understand what money is and just progress as they as they're able to comprehend more. But, you know, they, they are getting it. I mean, what age were your kids when you know, they, they started thinking about what kind of side hustle they could have because they they do watch YouTube videos and things about people making money when they're 12. I mean, but the lemon, would you call the lemonade stand a side hustle? <laughs> <laughs> On the driveway, at the end of the driveway where eight cars drive by right. in a day. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So, so I, let me, let me grab that so we can refer back to it. Start talking to your kids about money as soon as they're able to understand money you know is, is is i think what i heard you say josh yeah the in, starting to understand the well concept. josh i'll let you answer that well i'm just saying they they get certain aspects of money already mm-hmm. or they're they're needing to learn it because they have wants and desires they see things that could be purchased they are being marketed to like no generation before them mm-hmm. and so they they have to start learning this stuff and and building the skills if for no other reason because they need to be able to defend themselves for the from the marketers that are coming after them so we're going to we're going to take it even deeper than that you know how do you t- so so th- i think there's more to that you know how do you how do you introduce the topic of finances what's the safe way to do it and then how does that discussion, those details progress, and then how do you do this well? We've got all that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. So did, did your parents talk to you about money? How did you learn about money? Did you learn by observing others, by observing your parents, by just trying things on, making some mistakes yourself? We're talking about how do you talk to your kids, young kids, about money to give them financial foundation. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. If you listen to podcasts, go check it out wherever you listen, just search The Wise Money Show and subscribe to it and rate the show. Leave a comment there. We, we appreciate that uh, in the podcast community. We appreciate that. So, okay, so the talk, the talk. No, not that talk, the financial talk with your kids. Um, at what age and how do you do it well? What are the things you communicate? So Josh shared as your kids are, I don't know, you know, 8, 10, they start to grasp the concept of money. They're getting a gift card. They, they've received a gift card. They're, they want, they're asking you for that hoverboard and you keep saying no and you've got to explain, well, they could blow up and also they're expensive, right? It, like, so they're starting to understand the concept. So if that's, so don't shy away from those, I, I guess. Um, and don't just say the old parent dad tagline, money doesn't grow on trees, right? That, that's right. But just keep in mind, I guess the, the main point here is you can start talking to your kids about money too early if they don't understand the concept or you're talking over their head. You know, there's a lot of jargon related to money and a lot of baseline, you know, concepts that they need to understand. But I bet, you know, th- think about this question for a moment. What was your earliest memory about money? Just, just think about that. 
Maybe there's some formative uh, event that occurred or something. Most likely, your memory goes back further than when you first started um, being taught formally about money, you know, where the lessons began and, and the real true teaching began. It was more of an observation maybe that happened, or, or maybe it was just an experience that you were a part of. And so I guess my point is, as you're going about your day and your kids are observing your life, they're picking things up and they're, they're starting to formulate their own philosophy in a way on money. And it's by watching you sometimes. It's, it's how you respond to them on things. You know, ha- have your kids started asking you for a PS5 now? PlayStation 5, uh, because the PlayStation 4, you know, that, that's old news at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, if the answer is no, why is the answer no? Is it because you can't buy it for them or you shouldn't buy it for them? The answer to that question of why the answer is no is a value statement, and they're starting to formulate these things long before they know how to open a bank account or balance a checkbook or any of that. So let, let's progress then. Now they're 12, 13, you know, teen or preteen, and they've, they've, you know, they're, they're getting some money from mowing the neighbor's yard, or maybe you're paying them a little bit to mow the yard or do a chore. Maybe they've received some gift cards or some cash for birthdays or something like that. Does, do, does the conversation progress because now they've got some greenbacks? Uh, for sure, for sure it progresses. But I, I mean, I go back even further. I mean, when I, when I think about my kids early, they're, earliest they they wanted currency but when they were young currency was candy <laughs> and and other things but i mean they were always concerned with things that had value and how do they exchange value and so that's where the the values conversation comes in and then with money it, whether it's at, at 10 to 12 when they're when they can first mow the, the the lawn or whether it's earlier and they're doing some chores and getting an allowance there are actually banks, and we had these banks for our kids that have the give, save, spend, and you take you take the money and you break it down and you put some in the give uh, container and the save container and the spend container. So I think if you if you t- when you're talking to kids, especially in the the ten by the time they're ten to twelve, they should understand what can you do with money, mm-hmm. and it's difficult because. As an adult, we deal with money on such a totally different spectrum that the the kids deal with it in more of a theoretical manner. And they've got they have enough money. They don't have enough money to really screw anything up. Hopefully, in theory. <laughs> um, but but this is where there's still training wheels on the bike. Right. Yeah. Right. And so there's some safety. So if they'd say, "Hey, listen, I want to take all the money out of the give and save." account, add it to the spend account and buy what I really want. Well, I would rather have them do that when they're, when they're dealing with $42 than when they're dealing with $42,000. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me of one of my great mistakes uh, in, the, in the area of teaching kids about money. Um, I, when our kids had cash, you know, they got birthday money or Christmas gifts or something like that, and they wanted to go buy something, I, I like overanalyzed with them. Okay, now is this really something that you want? Is is this the best purchase for you? And and I would basically, you know, just take all the joy out of the purchase for them. <laughs> and a lot of times they would eventually be like, forget it, I don't want it now. And I, I realized after doing a little bit of introspection, I, 
I was basically wanting my kids to get out of my house someday with a perfect track record of great financial decisions. Don't make any mistakes. Don't waste your money on this purchase over here. And, and now I'm realizing, no, the far better thing is how do you help them make mistakes in a safe way while mm-hmm. the training wheels are still on and grow from the mistakes? Mm-hmm. That's what matters, yeah. right? Not that I, I've given them an adult way of you know, processing decisions and, and I want them to do it just like I would. Because mm-hmm. the reality is when I was their age, I, I, was, I was stupid with money. Right? Yeah. And I needed to learn from some of those natural consequences. So not protecting your kids, you have to put them in a position where they actually get to make some choices because making choices and decisions along the way is how they can learn with money. No doubt. And, and you have to. And, I, you know, the allowance question, I, well, I'm not going to touch that one. Maybe we'll get into it later. But um, but. Basically, you've got to have your kids get some practice with money. Now, should you pay an allowance? I, I don't know, but um, but have them practice. Okay, so let me recap. So, so as they as your kids are growing and becoming more observing in the world and and the construct of money, communicate with them values. Don't don't sit them down and have them build a budget, but start communicating values about money as they start getting some of their own. Typically. 12-ish maybe or whatever when you start an allowance whatever that's when you provide a little bit of the basic um format which is i i completely agree with kevin give save spend and you let them spend or encourage them to spend and then see if they will kuiper will not he hates it. like he will not spend money um love that love it and then he knows you'll get it for and him, then right? uh he's I, a smart kid. i helped him get into an index fund and charged him nothing uh, so but then uh but then as they start getting a job that's where I think. So that's usually around high school. I think that's where you need to start. You need to increase it more and start delivering skills, hopefully on the foundation of value, but skills like some sort of rudimentary budgeting that goes beyond the three step and some discussion about credit as well, which we're going to talk pretty soon about when should your child get a credit card? But I think it's you got to start equipping them with those skills. One of the places that we're giving our kids that type of experience is with their clothing budget. You know, back at the beginning of the school year, we said, well, here's the money that we would have probably spent to refresh your wardrobe, replace the stuff you've grown out of, that sort of thing. And we gave it to them and had them, you know, kind of go through and budget, and they had to keep track of what they spent. Every single one of them left you know, that clothing buying experience with cash left over. And, um, and because they all were virtual, they bought sweatpants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is what they want to wear. <laughs> That's sweatpants right. and hoodies. All right. We're going to get away with that. We're going to make this more, <laughs> more practical. When, when do you get your kids a bank account? When do they get a credit card? How involved should you be in some of those things? And what are some of the other skills that you've got to teach them? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How do you teach your kids about money, your young kids about money? When do you have them actually start gaining some of the skills? And then how? Do they read a book? Do you open your checkbook and, you know, and show them what you're doing? I mean, how do you transfer these skills? We're 
helping you with all of that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Make sure you engage and follow all everything, all content of Wise Money. You'll find us online, wisemoneyshow.com, as well as wherever you're at on social media. We're there as well. Just search Wise Money Show and follow us there and submit questions, engage with us that way. Appreciate that. All right, so establish values with your young kiddos, you know, eight to 10, as they're starting to observe and kind of see the construct of money, how it works. You're, you're, you're not micromanaging, you're letting them make mistakes, make some decisions, and you're sharing values, okay, as a foundation. Then preteen, early teen, they start having a little bit of money of their own, but they didn't really earn it. It was chore money or it was birthday money or whatever. And that's maybe a, their first budget give, save, spend in that order and, and work with them on that. And then have them, you know, don't, don't do the Josh and overanalyze their, uh, and it's Josh, it's Mike, it's all of us overanalyze their spend decisions, you know, let them go, let them make some mistakes. And then as they're in high school, um, they get their first job. And if I, if I can, uh, you know, this, we all have our own worldview, but I would strongly encourage you have them get their first job. They're learning more than just how to make French fries. Like yeah. they're, they have them get their first job. And so at that point, which is late high school, and then they're about to go off to college or go into the military or go into um, a, a trade, what sort of skills do you want them to have and how do you transfer those skills? How do you teach them? Well, hopefully along the way, Whatever, whatever kind of big ticket items they want, you've helped them understand how it works and that there's an exchange of value. And you say, well, do, how, what kind of value do they have? And so for my children, it was, look, you got to type 60 words a minute and then you can get your cell phone. So it, because they didn't, they didn't have the, the money to buy a cell phone, they had to do a book report in order to get their, uh, I don't know, whatever video game it was that they wanted at the time. And so I would, I would help them understand that the best things in life are free and everything else is fairly expensive. So mm-hmm. if you're a business owner, I would consider employing your children because right now you can basically pay your children 12 grand and they don't pay federal or self-employment tax on that up to a certain point, um, uh, up to a certain age. So you can pay them a pretty decent chunk of money. They will pay state tax depending on your situation where you live. But I'd I'd say pay the kids. And if you pay the kids, if they have earned income and file a tax return, they can fund a Roth IRA. So have the kids funding Roth IRAs. There are there are certain companies that allow for a, basically a custodial Roth IRA or a miners. That stuff you don't need. That that's jargon stuff that you don't need to get into. Work with your CFP. They'll they'll help you right. figure out the right. But I'd say, for but it. have them funding these practical things, and then have them looking at a quarterly statement. The most practical things you can do is actually put 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 flesh and 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 meat on the bones to say look this is what a quarterly statement looks like hey we're going to set up a bank account for you hey this is the family credit card we're going to get one with your name on it and that you'll have and carry with you as a teenager yep. and so that helps them understand hey well first of all it helps them with a in the event that they're ever in a pinch 
but it actually helps them build credit and some other things. By I, so I would say by 15, 16, hopefully, hopefully by 16 or 17, your child's working, but probably 15, 16, 17, you've got that bank account for them, if not before. Once they've got some money that is, is more adult than the piggy bank, mm-hmm. get that bank account open. But certainly by 18, I'd, I'd get them on the family credit card. And if you're not sure how to do it because they don't have income and all of that and they're not eligible, certainly had that. And, and some of you listening have, have heard that as well. All right. I, I need to be the dissenting vote on this one here. What's that? The, the family credit card idea. Um, I, I personally think you need to make sure be, before you go that route, they need to fully understand uh, their own cash flow, their yes. own budgeting and everything. Yes, and, for and sure. one of the ways that you first do that is maybe getting them connected with a debit card. They, they need to build the skill there because how many adults do you know who get themselves into credit card debt because essentially a credit card company is allowing you to keep spending when the money's gone? No. No, the adults that I know that have gotten themselves into credit card trouble, that was because when they were children, they weren't added to the family credit card. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, go ahead. <laughs> I, I think, the personally, I, I think waiting until they can get a credit card, maybe even after college, no, um, no, because this late is the problem. In college. No, because they get out of college, and I've dealt with these children, these these children of the adults that we serve. And they get out of college and they can't get an apartment because they don't have a credit score. And so I would say the minute you turn 18, especially if you've got any, any kind of – with for my children, the, the moment they turned 18, we, we took the investments that they had at a different company and moved them to Fidelity. And then we opened up a, their own Fidelity credit card, 5000 bucks, And we connected that Fidelity credit card to their bank account. And I said, listen, here's how this works. Every month – your credit card bill is going to get paid automatically by what's in your bank account. So make sure what's in your bank account always exceeds what you spend on your credit card. And if you can then put your cell phone bill on your credit card and some other things that happen automatically, and as long as they understand, because I think at 18, you are old enough to understand. Now, whether you have the maturity to follow through on it, it might be another thing. Some people, some kids are ready at eight. And, and some folks aren't ready at 58. So it, it, it isn't necessarily age determined, but by the time you're 18, and this is where we may, our opinions may vary actually from each other or even from another uh, well-known radio talk show host, I, I, I say build your, build your credit score. As soon as, as soon as you're 18, you can take that step and Fidelity, for my kids, gave them a, a credit card with a $5,000 limit. Bam. Ooh. That's a lot. I, so here's the thing, and I, I get the caution, Josh, you, you know, credit, uh, as I've shared, and I didn't come up with this. I heard it from Kevin. He heard it from someone else, but it's credits like fire, right? It can cook your food. It can heat your house. It can burn your house down, and, and it could kill you, right? And so I like the idea of having them maybe on the family credit card or getting their own. I like a $1,000 limit, personally, or 500 I do love the idea of having it auto pay. From the, I love that idea, um, but helps build credit. But number two, I love the training wheel example, 
Because if you're if you're starting to basically training wheels, your kids are. I mean, you've got them wrapped in in you know uh, bubble wrap as well for <laughs> the most part. And you're saying learn how to ride before you're fully riding. Right. And I think credit <laughs> is something they're going to need to learn. And I want them to learn it within the environment where, yeah, you're not going to really be able to screw it up. You can practice, but you're not going to be able to screw it up because you're still under our stewardship. And um, anyway, that that's – but you know what? what? Talk to your spouse. Talk to your certified financial planner. Um, and uh, and I, to me, it's developing skills. The debit card needs to come with the bank account. They're not going to get checks anymore. Right. Right. And then, um, and then at that point – like Kevin said, what are the bills you're responsible for? I'd start the process of expanding that budget from give, save, spend to give, save, spend on Netflix, spend on the cell phone bill, spend, start breaking some of that down so they see how much of that they should be saving up for a future goal or how much they should be spending or could spend. We're going to add a little bit more to this and get some questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Should you fund your son or daughter's Roth IRA for them? When they make a credit card mistake, should you pay it off? Should you monitor how much is in their bank account? Should you be listed on their bank account? Big parenting questions here regarding finance. We're going to help you with them right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard in the KFG studios with me, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. In fact, I'm looking at the camera right now. Check it out. Uh, Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, follow us there. So so subscribe to it and like the content, share it as well. We appreciate that. All right. So picking up, we've got some questions from fans of the show I want to get to, but there's still just tons of questions about how in the world you parent with money, right? Like, so Kevin, you said the Roth IRA, and I want to pick, I want to pick that back up, especially Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Your son or daughter starts making some money Mm -hmm. and they've heard about this thing called Robin Hood Mm -hmm. and they've heard you can make money on it. And so do you help encourage them? I mean, that's, they can learn some stuff there. Or is that just a mechanism for investing? And really, they should be opening a Roth IRA, funding that, and investing there. And then, so, like, I guess, how does that work? And how would you, you know, pros cons? Yeah, I think the when I think of Roth IRA, I think of all right. I earned this money, and a lot of times, it, the a, a younger child is quite possibly saving money to to do their education. So if I'm saving money for education, should I also save money in a Roth? And so this is where again the the whole planning idea comes up to say okay, what is what how do I prioritize? I probably shouldn't put my college money in Robinhood. I probably shouldn't put my college money in a Roth IRA. So if I've if if I've got my college d- t- done and taken care of the way it's supposed to, then I might think about funding a Roth. A lot of times what I've seen is parents say, my kid had $2,000 of earned income. They've put that in their piggy bank. They've give, save, spend. They've done whatever. But 
I can actually put $2,000 in a Roth IRA for them. They don't even need to know about it. So I can I can set that up and, and put that in a Roth IRA for them. The thing that I like about doing that, and, and I think I like about the parents funding the Roth IRA for the kids, is that that then at some point in time, when you talk about the talk, Mike, when the, here's the talk, hey, listen, we've got $5,000 in a Roth IRA that we've been saving for you. Um, you can take out the basis and spend it. Or you can leave it here. If you leave it here, there'll be more where that came from. Just have the doubling talk with them. Not the doubling talk. The doubling talk about that basis. Because we've done a whole show about that. The Rule 72, how many doubles can you get in your lifetime? And uh, Yeah, so. You know, I I love that idea, by the way. The, the contribution to a Roth IRA. And to, to me, the, the very best scenario is when you already know that you're on pace for your own financial goals. And maybe you're even on pace to get to the end of your life and have extras left over. There, there are plenty of folks that got started early enough, they've been diligent, they've, they've been successful with their investments, and maybe there's a surplus. And um, why not maybe use some of that surplus during your lifetime to bless your kids and uh, maybe put them in a position where they're starting to get some of that experience and knowledge and skill earlier than they otherwise would have chosen because maybe they're wiping out some debt, maybe they're trying to raise a family, that sort of thing. And they, they just haven't learned to prioritize the, the investment of money yet. Um, but that goes back to, do you know where you stand in your financial life? And a decision like, should I open up a Roth IRA for my kids, that has certain tax ramifications. We, we like to look multi-generationally at, someone's, at a family's tax picture. Um, maybe there's a way to get this money into a tax-free account and save huge dollars over your, your family's future. Um, but, it, but it also has to do with your own resources. Have you gotten yourself in a position where you know you're on pace to achieve your most important goals? And the only way that I know how to do that is through building your own financial plan and knowing where you stand at all times. And that's, that's the context for making a decision like, hey, should I help my kids in this way? And, and it doesn't have to be a Roth IRA. It could be, should I help my kids you know, buy a car? Should I help my kids with a down payment on a house? Should I help my kids save for their kids' education? There, there's all kinds of these should I or could I type questions, and you have to have a mechanism for answering those, and that is what financial planning is all about. That's, that's 100%. That's exactly right. I would tell you, if you've talked to your certified financial planner and you can, this is a goal of yours and you can, if your kids do not have the right values about money, then I would wait and help them get those values. What we've what we haven't hit just yet is how. And the how can come in lots of different ways. You can sit them down and help them with it. You can give them a book. Um, you know, financial peace for kids is actually out there. Um, we're working on our material here, but you know, there's some resources out there. You can have them listening to Dave Ramsey, listening to Wise Money. You can have them, um, you can bring them along. We get this a lot 
bringing them along to a financial planning meeting. Guys, I'll tell you right now, this typically, nine times out of 10, the parents of teenagers will just sort of casually mention at the end of a meeting, hey, can, can, can I bring Leah next time? Can, can you talk to Leah about some habits or some, you know, just some basics for finances? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, no, no problem. No problem at all. Let's set up a half hour meeting or whatever. Um, and we've created an e-learning course that back in, in the middle of 2020 on our YouTube channel, there's a playlist there called Financial Foundations. I'd have them go through that. And this is all building up to then you might want to help them get the skills and get the values by getting them a certified financial planner. Now, when they're 17, eh, I'd have them sit down with someone. But, you know, when they're 22, when they're 24, when they're 23, then they're starting on their own and they're maybe a little tone deaf from you or maybe their situation, they want to keep more private or something and do their own thing. Hiring a financial, a certified financial planner for them could be a way that you can help them get the values or be wise, make wise choices. Absolutely. You know, when, when I think of the word values and how to pass those on, to me, inherent in the concept of values is the word why. It's, it's the why behind the decisions that you make. That's, that's what values are, right? I value that over this other thing. Or I do this because of that. The, what's the why behind it? And, and it, it kind of goes back to the start of the show when we were saying, well, when do you get started with stuff like that? Immediately. You know, as soon as your kids can talk, they're starting to formulate their opinion of what your why is. And hopefully they're catching some of that along the way. And, and I, I would just encourage you to get vocal with your finances. As you make decisions, let your kids see many of your decisions and help them to understand the why. You know, why, why don't you worry about money? Well, because God's my provider. I put faith in him. Or why haven't you made that purchase? Well, we haven't saved enough for it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why can't we do this right now? Well, we don't want to go into debt for that. You know, you're, you're broadcasting to your kids what your values are or what your why is when you, when you kind of peel back layers of the onion and not just let them see the decision or the, the, the aftermath of your decisions, but what was the why up front? Yeah, I think, you know, in summary, as soon as your kids are able to spend money, you should start talking to them about saving it and, and talking to them about money. The other thing that I would encourage you to, to not do is anything for the kids that they can do for themselves. And I actually was just having this conversation with one of my children. I have three. One of my children said, hey, this, uh, one of my siblings is doing this and you should um, step in and, and do this thing for them. It cost about 300 bucks. And I said, yeah, I'm not doing that. And the, the child said, well, why, why wouldn't you do that? They, they need that. And I said, well, they've actually determined they don't need that. They've, they've got 300 bucks laying around. They could actually do that for themselves if they found it of particular value, but they've they've decided that's not valuable enough for them to part with their money. Hmm. And so it's interesting because you have this pressure where you say, oh, well, a loving father 
would step in and intervene and spend the 300 bucks on behalf of this child. And you say, no, at some point in time, when this person is a grown adult, you let them have their, the consequences of their own actions. And you don't step in and intervene. Because if, if you have a habit of stepping in and intervening, and, I, I, and I'll get in trouble for this, but I, I call it the mom love, right? I mean, that's what, that's what mom does. Mom takes care of stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't take care of stuff. I'm not a fixer. I'm going to let you. Ex- I'm, I'm not going to do anything for you that you could do for yourself. Because if I do, I remove the, the joy that you would have of doing something for your own. Or I, I remove the learning that, hey, you need to learn like that. That was foolish. So, so you, you get them on the, the family credit card or their own credit card, and they run and rack up a bunch of debt. Yeah. And do, you, do you have them? Do you pay it off? No, absolutely not. It's never. cheaper for the family if you pay yeah. it off. It's twenty six percent interest. Well, so that would that would so there there's been a serious violation if they've run up the family credit card. Um, so that's a different one than they run up their own. But no, I I have I've seen this over the last twenty eight years, and my experience says it's way cheaper for the family for dad to step in and pay fifteen thousand dollars and have child pay dad back. And I just, I always tell dad a couple of things. Number one, that's, think of that as a gift, not a loan, because it's quite possible that you'll never get that money back. But it changes the dynamics and it, and it, and it removes the opportunity for learning and the opportunity to have any kind of pain associated with my bad behavior. And I don't know about you, but I found I've learned best when I've done something foolish and I've had to actually pay a price for it. Well, that is learning, right? That, that's how you learn is, is you do something, you see the consequences and you say, I like that. I'll keep doing more or I, do, I don't like that. And I'll, I'll do less of that. So I hope this has helped you in, in your journey, your financial journey with your kids. Um, if we can help, you know, reach out to us, wisemoneyshow.com. And, uh, and hopefully this is helpful. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KHG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.